I'm director of the Murney Tower Museum. I'm a social science teacher and student life coordinator. I am an associate professor. I got a PhD from Queen's History. And I have an MA from Queen's History. Hello and welcome to the Alumni Archives, a podcast created and hosted by the Queen's University History Department. Before we begin, I would like to respectfully acknowledge that Queen's is situated on the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe. This episode was recorded on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe, as well as on the treaty lands and territory of the Mississauga and the Credit, and the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, the Attawandron, or Neutral Nation, and the Haudenosaunee. This territory is within the lands protected by the Dish with One Spoon Wampum Belt Covenant, and is home to many First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. My name is Heather Poussard, and I am a second-year MA here at the History Department at Queen's University. Today, I am joined by Samantha Summers, who graduated with her MA from Queens in 2018. Hello, welcome. Hi, thank you so much, Heather. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. So can you just introduce yourself a little bit for us before we get started? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, I finished up at Queens in 2018. Uh, From there, I went, did some more graduate work at U of T. I now work at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, as the manager of individual giving. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk all about that. Um, Maybe before we get into your career, we can talk a little bit about your time at Queen's. So uh, why did you choose Queen's for your graduate school? So I knew I wanted to pursue an MA in history. And, you know, of course, I applied to a number of schools. And for all of the schools to which I applied, I reached out to, you know, someone in the department to see if I could come and visit and chat with a few professors, learn more about the the department, learn more about the school. So I reached out to Dr. Andrew Jane Chill who at the time oversaw the graduate studies program in history. And, you know, he invited me to come to Queens. He set up, you know, meetings for me with a number of different professors. He gave me a tour of the campus. And I just got a really, really good sense from him that this department was one where, you know, I would be actually seen as a student. I would never just, just be a number. It really meant a lot to me that, you know, he was and is so busy that he took all of this time and went to all of this effort to arrange this great day for you know just one random person who maybe wouldn't even have ended up going there. Um, so that really meant a lot. That uh, that really set it off on a great tone for me. Absolutely. Um, and after that, you know, there was nowhere else I would go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, were you always um, doing history? Like, did you do that in your undergrad and then wanted to continue that on to graduate school, or did you kind of start in another discipline or faculty and, and find your way there? So, my undergrad was in Celtic studies at the University of Toronto, which is an interdisciplinary department and program. But within that, I always really loved history the most. Um, there, I got a real love for uh, medieval women's history and medieval gender history. And I was very lucky that, you know, professors at Queen's really encouraged me to pursue that angle. That's awesome. And that leads directly into my next question, which was, <laughs> could you talk a little bit about um, what your research was while you were at Queen's? Yes. So I, a little bit different from Celtic history, I looked at the gendering of power in the Kingdom of Jerusalem, circa 1186 to 1228. So this was a period where the kingdom, the Latin Kingdom of, of Jerusalem, which was established by Crusaders, the crown was held by four women in succession. So, uh, which is kind of a rare circumstance, just none of them had any brothers that lived, so they inherited their crowns. Generally in uh, Latin Christian kingdoms, the goal was for men to hold the crowns and then they would get married. So this was a nice little switch. 
And the fact that it was held by four women in succession made it particularly interesting. So under the supervision of Dr. Adnan Hussain, who is one of my favorite people in the entire world, just the loveliest person I've ever met, I was able to look at sort of, you know, what does power look like when women hold it, Um, especially in such a a tumultuous and and turbulent period of time and, and region. Wow, that's that's awesome. That sounds really interesting. And um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. So before we kind of get into your career, you you did switch a little bit more into sort of museum studies and now you're working at TIFF. So how was that transition from sort of doing like academic history and, and medieval history into something a little bit different? Yeah, so I knew, I mean, I loved history and I love the idea of bringing history to the public. I knew the PhD wasn't right for me. As much as I loved research, I wasn't prepared to spend literally my entire life just doing research. Uh, And the University of Toronto offered a master's museum studies. And I thought, you know, museums are great places for bringing history to the public. And they also allowed me to do a master of information in library studies at the same time. So I pursued the two degrees at once. And I figured both are sort of aligned with that goal of bringing information outward. And while in the museum studies program, I started writing for a blog that just sort of explores different aspects of museum work. And I was, I was assigned a column about fundraising. Okay. And I had never thought about fundraising as a job. I'd done it before in like a volunteer capacity in my undergrad, um, but I just fell in love with it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And I'm very much a people person. I love talking obviously I've not stopped talking this whole time (laughs) Um, but I love getting to know people and telling stories that matter and that's really what fundraising is about it's telling stories that matter about important causes to make people take an interest and to make them care and you know want to support those causes that's something that I really brought from my time at Queen's with me is Queen's is very unique in that it has an extremely engaged alumni community it's actually just being at Queens is actually kind of a masterclass in making how to make a lot of people care about something. It's a community that really, really is passionate about itself, if that makes sense. Um, the Queens community cares a lot about Queens and it's really great to see. And it's something that, you know, I sort of take with me as a model of what I want to create in the causes that for which I work. The other thing is of course, doing a degree in history, it's all about, you know, picking the stories that matter. And that's a huge burden for historians. Getting, just getting to decide which stories and which voices matter is, is an enormous task. Um, and that's also something I carry with me is which voices do I choose to elevate and uh, bring to the fore when talking again about these causes that are very important. That's, that's awesome and so interesting. So could you tell us a little bit about what you do now in your fundraising position, like your current position? Yeah, so I, so as the manager of individual giving, I oversee our grassroots campaigns, which are when you get an email from an organization saying like, you know, it's Giving Tuesday or end of year, you know, help support us with a donation, whatever. Uh, I'm the person behind all of those emails for TIP. I also oversee our giving portfolio for donors who give between $1,000 and $25,000 in a year. So meet with those people, sort of talk about their donations, steward the relationship to make sure they're happy with happy with TIFF and keep giving. So as I said, it's a lot of meeting people, which is great. It's a lot of 
talking to people about why art matters to them and why film matters to them. And it's also a lot of data analysis on the grassroots side. Things like, you know, how many people clicked this email versus who donated, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of number crunching. So it marries sort of two very different sides of who I am as a researcher and just as a people person. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. And what a lot of people don't realize about TIFF and what I love being able to tell people about is, you know, it's not just a glitzy movie movie festival with like celebrities and red carpets. Um, TIFF does a lot of work to support uh, creators of color and women creators through things like talent programs and giving them access, access to industry training. So on top of, you know, like I said, that sort of red carpet side of things, there's also this really great push from TIFF to change the film industry and change, you know, as I said, who's being heard. So I get to meet with a lot of these incredible emerging filmmakers and creators uh, to help them tell their stories and tell them in a way that speaks to people and encourages them to, you know, be generous and to give to allow TIFF to continue with that work. Wow, that's that's wonderful. That sounds so so interesting and so cool. So did you find that you had um, sort of a, a straightforward path from sort of graduating from you got your history degree, but then also your your um, information and museum studies degrees? Or did you have sort of a lot of positions before you got to where you are right now in fundraising? I've always been a person who did a lot of stuff at once. <laughs> so I very quickly started working in fundraising, but I also at the same time throughout my master's at U of T, um, where else did I work? I worked at a rare book library. I worked in a book conservation studio here in Kingston. I briefly did some training in book, in book binding. Uh, I've always sort of had a couple, couple things going all at once. So straightforward in the sense that I was sort of always fundraising, but I was also doing a bunch of stuff on the side the whole time. <laughs> awesome. I, yeah, I feel like a lot of people sort of in academia tend to be quite busy and, and hold sort of a lot of those positions at the same time. Definitely. Um, do you have any advice for someone who would want to pursue a career in this field? I think the number one thing would be just to start conversations, network, 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 network. But yeah, just be open to talking to new people and listening to new people. And as I said, if you're coming from a history background, it's a great background to have because not only are you learning a lot about writing, which is, in, it's an invaluable skill to have, um, but also, like I said, having that understanding of good storytelling and also the power of stories is, is so huge. Yeah, absolutely. So necessary. All right. So maybe we can switch gears a little bit and think back mm. to sort of your time at Queens. So do you have a favorite memory or a place on campus or something from your time at Queens? That is tough. You know what? I One really great memory is Dr. Hussein's friend and colleague, Dr. Jay Rubenstein, came to speak during my time at Queens. And Jay Rubenstein, is, he had just won the MacArthur Genius Grant. Um, he's just an absolute giant and an incredible, incredible scholar. And so Dr. Hussein and his partner, Dr. Papano, had a bunch had Jay and then a bunch of others over to their house for dinner after after the talk. Uh, so I was invited over and it was just a really, really lovely evening of, you know, chatting with other scholars about history and also just about life. And it was a really great just human very human evening 
after you know a long day of listening to these terrifyingly impressive <laughs> researchers <laughs> talking it's always nice to sort of you know see them humanized a little bit and that's one of the things I really really loved about Queens but also about working specifically with Dr. Hussain is he has this really wonderful way of making everyone feel equally important in a room and that's something that's can be very difficult to find in academia is the people who really do equally value everyone and everyone's opinion so he would always try to create opportunities and I imagine still does create these opportunities for students to, you know, mix and mingle with researchers and with other academics and to just to get to know one another as people and not just as, you know, research profiles. Absolutely. I think a lot of people comment on, um, and you sort of alluded to this in the beginning of the episode too, about the community at Queens and how that sort of created. And I think that absolutely, um, like the faculty and people like Dr. Hussein are, are a huge part of how that sort of community within the history department is sort of created and maintained. Absolutely. Um, do you keep in touch with any of your classmates or anyone from your cohort at Queens? I do. I have a number of friends um, from Queens. Uh, one in particular who who I think gets a shout out is uh, Dr. Jamie, well, I shouldn't say doctor, but he's very soon to be Dr. Jamie Bonner, the PhD researcher at Queen's um, in history, who is doing extremely cool work. I would recommend anyone and everyone to look into what he's doing. So he and I are in touch a bit. And then, as, as I said, a few, I don't want to go naming, naming yeah, too many names. But no, yeah. that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, so... I think you've talked a little bit about this, but maybe I'll just ask you sort of more specifically, why would you recommend Queen's history to someone um, as a program? So other than, as we've said, like that really incredible community that Queen's has um, and how personal and, and human a department it is, it really is academically, it's, it's a phenomenal department. I think it really does marry the best of both worlds between you know feeling sort of like a like a small cozy liberal arts college department while being part of an incredible public research facility I know a lot of people looking into grad school do do worry about having to pick one or the other you know being in a sort of a research powerhouse versus having that very much one-on-one personal relationship with people in their department um, but with Queens you really don't have to pick it's you can get both of those experiences yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that the sort of the midsize is a huge strength of Queens of being able to be that little bit smaller. So you're part of the community, but still um, definitely some amazing research and researchers uh, at Queens. Is there anything else from your time at Queens that you would like to share? I will say, I think if you're people who go to Queens in their undergraduates, I think very quickly become part, part of that community and that comes and that carries on into their graduate work if they decide to stay. I know as, as someone who came from an undergraduate university that just does not have that same close-knit community feeling, it can be pretty intense seeing like your first homecoming, for example. Yeah. Maybe not in Zoom world, but <laughs> in person, homecoming was a lot to process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I would say just jump in, have, have fun with it. Um, don't be intimidated by how much Queens loves Queens. Get involved. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty spectacular how sort of the entire, or at least the sort of that area of Kingston is sort of all just sort of centered around Queens. I went to a commuter school for my undergrad, which I loved, mm-hmm. but it, it's mm-hmm. definitely 
a very different experience and Super you know it, it's all school all the time here which is different but it's still really nice <laughs> it it is yeah I mean people should go out into the community learn more about real Kingston <laughs> I think that's also very important especially yes. if we think about you know what narratives we elevate yes. <laughs> not getting not getting caught in the bubble Absolutely. is a good thing um but enjoy the bubble a little bit <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Samantha. Thank you. This was fun. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Alumni Archives. And thanks again to Queen's History grad Samantha Summers for joining me today. If you graduated from Queen's History and would like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out and let us know. You can find an email address in the description of this episode. My name is Heather. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.